tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Free home Alabama! Say home, Alabama. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Preachers of LA recap. This is the recap for season two, episode 13, Sweet Home, Alabama. So, of course, you know, we had to play that song. Everyone loves that song. Everyone knows that song. No matter where you're from, you know, Sweet Home, Alabama. I am your host, Megan Thomas. And who are you, co hosts? Yeah, as you can see today, I have no co-host. Everyone is out sick or they had to work. And so Lim, Corinne, and Tiffany send their apologies. They ask for your praying mercies and your traveling mercies. So pray for them because they're all out this week for, for various purposes. But they all wanted to be here and they all say they're sorry, but they'll be back next week but but you're never alone exactly i have with me my producer marissa serafini hey marissa hey 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 what's up yes and so and one monkey don't stop no show honey so we're gonna keep it rolling and talk about episode 13 so we're gonna get into the biggest part of the story which is jay and christy hayslip but before we get into that we'll just start with the smaller stories so this week we see uh, Pastor Wayne Cheney and Myesha Cheney take their family on a nice little trip to a dude ranch. I guess it's a nice uh, way to get out of L.A. for a little bit and take their family to to the country, if there really is a country part of Kelly. But um, I thought it was hilarious because we get to see them interact with their family more. We get to see Myesha's dad, Scroncho. We get to see her hilarious brother, Keyshawn. And, of course, Pastor Wayne Cheney's mother is there with them. And I was cracking up because when they got on the horses, Scroncho was cursing up a storm. And I thought it was so hilarious because he's just a regular guy from the hood, a regular guy from Compton on his Compton horse being a Compton cowboy. And it was a really, really cute scene. And I really like to see their families together. And it's really cool to see that, you know, even though my Isha and her husband are both in the ministry, they still got some real people in their family, honey. They are certainly real. Um, and so I, I thought that was hilarious. But that's really nothing more to say about that storyline. But let me know what you think about uh, Wayne and Maisha Cheney or any other storyline in tonight's episode. Make sure you go to iTunes and you subscribe to our podcast. It's really easy, okay, child? It's free. It's free 99. Click subscribe. So easy. And you'll get all of our podcasts as soon as they're posted. Make sure you tell your friends, your friends, friends, and your friends, friends, friends. And uh, give us five stars. Rate and comment. We love it. Okay, so another storyline in this week's episode was Dietrich and Dominique christening baby Denver, who is so cute. So cute. So cute. And I had an issue because first, if you remember a few episodes ago, um, kind of a knee-jerk reaction, Dominique asks, 
First Lady Lavette Gibson if she'll be the godmother of baby Denver. And Lady Lavette says, oh, I feel honored. You know, I'll think about it. And so when she talks about it with Bishop Ron Gibson, his reaction, at first I didn't know what to think. He said, "Ah, I'm going to have to talk to Dietrich about it. I don't really feel good about it. And when he does talk to Dietrich, he says it's because he doesn't have the time. So at first I was like, okay, wait a minute, Bishop Ron Gibson. Like, that's an excuse because you make time for what you want to make time for. Okay. But then as he was talking, I was like, you know what? I guess I shouldn't be too mad. And he did say something to Dietrich, which was, I am going to, you know, I hope he receives what I have to tell him in love. And that is, I don't have a lot of time. I I take the business of being someone's godparent very seriously. And if I don't have the time to do it, then I'm not going to do a disservice to that person. So I respect that. I respect that he said, I can't be your babe, your baby's godfather, although I would love to. I can still pray for them. But he declined their offer to be Baby Denver's godfather. So, uh, Marissa, uh, let me ask you about this. As far as being a godparent, do you think that people should decline being the godparent of children simply because they don't have the time? Or is that a legitimate excuse? Well, the thing is, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I'm personally a godparent twice. And, I, you know, I, I don't think time is a very good enough excuse only because usually you're asked to be a godparent when the the baby hasn't even been born yet you know or or like i'm not sure about i've never watched preachers of la but just the situation that like you wouldn't have to worry about it right now but to have the it's such an honorable position to be in so someone to ask you something as important as being right. someone's godparent i mean you should really consider all aspects of it, of it not just think Oh, I don't have time because that in and of itself is not a very strong, valid ex- excuse or reason to n- turn such an honorable position down. Right, right. And and that's exactly what I was thinking. But even more so, I think when you see Bishop Ron Gibson go to his confessional and he's talking about his reason for not being Denver's godfather, he says something. And I think this is really probably the real reason he does not want to be Denver's godfather. And he says in his confessional, um, he feels that you should have time when you are a godfather and you also should have the same values that he kind of threw that in there. So I was like, wait a minute. So is that really the reason why Bishop Ron Gibson doesn't want to be baby Denver's godfather is because he doesn't agree with the values that the Haddons have, uh, also known as shacking and having sex before marriage and having kids before marriage. Is that the real reason why conservative and preachy Bishop Gibson does not want to be baby Denver's godfather? I think that probably is but he didn't want to say it like that because then he would come off real judgmental so of course <laughs> but even even so if that's really the end case they should have brought it up earlier rather than make the lame excuse i don't have time right but i mean it should have been more straightforward exactly that. but that's the problem with bishop ron gibson he's never straightforward and he is a little preachy he's a little judgmental so mm-hmm. i can see why i mean i shouldn't be surprised by him turning this down but I don't know. If you if you really don't want to be someone's godparent, there's no need to be forced. And so I think Dietrich did the right thing by saying, okay, fine. If you don't want to be her godparent, I'm not going to make you. She's a blessing. My baby's amazing. She sleeps through the night. Hello. And I'm going to pick someone else. So then he decides to pick Bishop Noel, um, Bishop Noel and 
late I can't even call her first lady Loretta uh, and his friend Loretta as the godparents for baby Denver now here's I have a few problems with this number one the, you have other friends outside of your preachers of LA cast to be the godparent of your daughter why wouldn't you pick them? I feel like there's other people that you're close to. And on top of that, if Bishop Noel Jones is your mentor, like you say, why wasn't he your first choice to be the godfather of your daughter? Why would you just, it's like a consolation prize. Well, since you weren't the first choice, but you'll be just as fine. I should have picked you anyway. Like, that's not even good. Now Denver walking around talking about some, I, did nobody want to be my godparent? You know, that kind of sucks. Um, so another issue that's brought up, we see Loretta and Noel talk about both of them being asked to be the godparents of baby Denver, but Noel Jones says something that I think a lot of people think. He said, I thought the godfather and the godmother were supposed to be married to each other. They don't have to be. No. Right. So, the, so, and that's a funny thing because, you know, especially in the, in a Christian community, you would think that they would have to be, but I mean, I'm a godmother and I'm not married and my goddaughter, yeah, my godson both have godfathers. I'm like, I don't even really know them. Um, I mean, sometimes godparents are just like close friends. Right. That, and sometimes like a godmother couldn't even be any related to the godfather of the same child. Right. So, I mean, it really d- depends on how you look at it. Okay. So then I would ask you this. Okay. So in this situation, Bishop Noel Jones and Loretta have been dating for like 17 years. He's not going to marry her. She wants to marry him. And... Okay. They're both being asked to be godparents of a baby. Is is it weird if you ask a couple who's not married to be godparents of a child, but then there's the a, a high potential that they break up? Is that weird? I wouldn't say weird. I mean, it's not like you're getting a pet, and <laughs> you're you're when you break up, who who gets the pet at the end of the day? Not to I mean, like some kind of analogy there, but I don't think it's weird. I think it that's actually admirable admirable that both of them were asked to be together and if they think that they can stay together and maintain that longevity in the relationship then good on them that's even more to keep them together right okay i don't think it's weird okay all right yeah because i was thinking about that like hmm what if they don't end up together which is a high possibility well yeah y'all know how i feel about if they've uh, been together for 17 years they're practically married by like common law True, true indeed, according to the state. Yeah, according to the state, but the creatures of all life. <laughs> I know, but not according to the religious creed right. that Bishop Noel Jones follows. Um, so yeah, of course, they ask to be the grand, excuse me, godparents. I think it's a great choice considering who else they have. I mean, I probably would have asked the Hayslips, to be honest with you. I think they would have been a better choice. Plus, Jay Hayslip married uh, Dominique and Dietrich. So, I mean, I think that would have been a good choice, you know. Um, in addition to that, I, I would say Ron Gibson, sorry, I'm I'm glad you weren't the godfather because you didn't even know Denver's name. You was like, What's her name? This is horrible. He didn't he didn't need to be he's godfather. He's not the best choice. <laughs> right. He's probably not the best choice. All right, so let's move to the big story of the show, and that was Jay and Christy go back to Alabama. And I wish Tiffany was here because Tiffany's from Alabama. She would have been our resident Alabama girl. But instead you got me. So they head to Gadsden, Alabama, where they're from. Um, They haven't been there a few years because Jay's mother, 
Um, they he, he he hasn't had the best relationship with her. And so this was the first episode that we really get to see what their relationship was like. Because as we've seen in the past two seasons, Jay is a very, very giving and loving person. He's very... Um, he really does care about souls. You see the authenticity with his ministry. And so it's really crazy that although he's so loving and giving and he cares about souls, he's very hard on his family. And we saw that with his son, Newt. We now see that um, because of what has happened in the past with his drug addiction and him no longer being addicted to drugs, he no longer has a relationship with a lot of people, including his mother. And so... As they head back to Gadsden, Alabama, which reminds me of Kentucky because it is so country and I do miss the country, honey. Um, we see that they go to his mom, Penny's house, and she talks to him about, you know, what what changed in their relationship. And she keeps it really simple. And she says one thing. She says, 1991. What is 1991? We find that 1991 is the year that Jay became sober and he found the Lord. He said, Jesus found him in a dark place. And so as a result of him finding God, he completely did a 180 with his life. And as a result, he had to no longer be around people that he was he was with. Of course, people he probably did drugs with, people that weren't such good influences on him. And it's probably with his mom as well. We know that she had uh, some sort of addiction as well. And as a result... She felt like him, you know, becoming different meant he no longer liked her. He no want, no longer wanted to be around her. And that caused a huge rift in their relationship. Um, sometimes I think when you, when, when I saw this, I thought, okay, he had to become sober or else he was going to die. He was living a very, very dangerous life. A lot of drugs, a lot of partying, a lot of alcohol. And he says he had to get away from people so he wouldn't, he had, he had to, basically fence himself in from the stuff that would not keep him on the straight and narrow. And that included partially his mother from what we see. Marissa, do you think that it's okay when people are dealing with addiction, if they do cut people off, even if it means somebody as close as their mother, if that means that's going to help them stay on the straight and narrow? Well, I think it's about eliminating the people that you shouldn't be in your life. If it does so happen to be a mother, maybe it's, for the best, I mean, it also ends up, you know, being what what were the results in the end? Does does cutting off your relationship with your mother actually improved yourself as a human being and your well being after all that, or was it worse? And it, that's also that fine line, or like what what does the mother do to keep that relationship? Was that against her choice? Probably. Right. Right. But in the end, I think it's really just about if eliminating everybody from your life. If that's what you believe will make you better as a person, maybe you do have to do that. So right. I think it's that personal choice of, you know, your judgment. Right. And I think that's the choice that Jay made, which was I have to get rid of a lot of people um, in my life so that I can live this life. And, and he he even apologizes for it. He says zeal without a lot of knowledge means there's a lot of hurt people so his intentions were correct he wanted to do what's right in god's sight he wanted to live the best life that god has given him but in the process of it he didn't realize what he was doing which was alienating a lot of people who probably were also just as hurt as him and he said he wanted everyone to be just to say you know to find god for themselves to feel to get the freedom that he got when he found god and i guess it hurt him when people weren't as receptive as he was you know everybody's addiction is different. You know, people come out of it whenever they're ready to come out of it. 
and some people weren't ready to come out of it. So for him, he said, I had to do away with you. So I appreciate that he apologized and he said, I probably could have handled things differently, but I didn't really know. I just knew I had this newfound freedom that I received and I want everyone to receive it. And if they didn't get it, then I had to keep moving because I, I had it. Now, my, my question to you is because generally we see people who have struggled through addiction and when they, you know, they have to do all these steps in their lives to change. Usually you keep your close-knit group of friends, family, anyone that that can help you improve your lifestyle and, you know, your ways of living. Did he, I mean, and again, I haven't seen this show, but did he completely cut ties with everybody in his life or did he keep a nice close group of friends whoever who could support him through this time well i think from what the show they don't go in great detail but from what the show says it seems as though uh jay cut off a lot of people not everybody but from how christy and jay both talk about it it seems like they cut off a lot of people they pretty much up and left as soon as he got healed from his addiction. They up and left and moved to California. So it wasn't even really being around the people that they grew up with. They just left. And so as a result, they didn't that, see a lot of family. That fresh start that he right, right. Not so much just, I'm leaving you because I need you out of my life. It's like, I need to go somewhere because I need a fresh start in life. Right. Let us know what you think. I, I'm interested to hear what you guys think about um, Jay and Christy and, and their whole excursion to Alabama and the things that happened there and, of course, his past and alienating people um, because he needed to get better. And so, of course, when we're, he's at home, he, he has this great breakthrough with his mother. And he says, Christy and I have been talking and we want to buy you a house or we want to help you buy a house. Um, and his mother was overwhelmed and was happy about it. In that moment, I thought he was telling the truth, which was he did talk to Christy about getting a house for his mother. Well, maybe he must have mentioned it in passing because we find out that Christy had no idea. She goes on a walk with her friend Alicia and her sister Carrie, and she we find out that she had no clue. And she was really she had a lot of resentment towards the fact that he wanted to do something really, really nice and special for his mother because Christy wasn't allowed to do that when they were uh, earlier in their marriage. Um, I guess it must have been around the time where he didn't. Right around the time when he got saved and got healed from his addictions, he would not let Christy help her mother. He would not let her pay for stuff. And as a result, she felt kind of she, she resented him in the fact that her mother died and she didn't get to go spend her last day, the last days with her mother like she wanted. She didn't get to give her mother the type of money, especially since we find out Christy's mother did more for them as a couple than Jay's mother ever did. So, of course, that's a lot of hurt. That's a lot of pain, especially when you're still grieving over your parent who you probably didn't get to spend a lot of, of their last days with. I, I can, if that was me, I would feel the same way. I probably would have lashed out way sooner. So, good job, Christy. I got to give it to you, honey. You have a, a gentle spirit. Hallelujah. Because I would have lashed out way earlier at, at Jay for not allowing me to do for my mom, yet he, now he wants to do for his mom the stuff that she wasn't even allowed to do. And so, she talks to Jay about this. And, and this is one of the few times we actually see them they got a little heated for a moment, at least the hayslip style of heatedness, which I commend them. Their communication, even in their fighting, was really, really awesome. I think a lot of couples can take notes from them as far as how to fight, how to fight effectively as a couple, how to disagree effectively. But I want to get your your comments on this, Marissa. In this, in this scene, we see that um, Christy, of course, resents her husband a little bit because... 
her when her mother was alive, she wasn't allowed to pay for stuff because I guess her mother might have been part of the problem while uh, when it I guess dealing with their addictions at the time. So okay. he wanted to cut her off as well. Don't she can't have money. We're trying to do this on our own. Whatever, whatever. And now her mother has passed away. She didn't get to spend a lot of time with her mother. He didn't really encourage her to go spend time with her mother. And now his mother, um, you know, twenty years later, however many years. He wants to buy a house for his mother, something that she couldn't have even been allowed to do um, when her mother was alive. Do you think she has uh, do you think she should have probably told him sooner or do you think what do you think his reaction should be? I think she in that certain situation, if she's feeling any sort of resentment and if you're in such a strong relationship, what which is what it's seeming to be, you need that communication to say, hey, this problem has bothered me for so many years, instead of let it boil over and boil up over all these years and to get to the point of resentment and get to that point of somewhat bitterness in this situation that she should have been, again, more straightforward, more sooner and right. honest before any of that went down. Right. And and I agree with you on that completely. I do think she probably said, should have said something sooner, but she's been walking around with this pain, and I think... She just, you know, now that he's reconnected with his mother, something that she won't get to do, it's just bringing a lot of emotion and pain up for her. So I can see why it's really, really hard in this instance. And she handled it gracefully. I'll say that she handled it very gracefully when she was talking to his mother. She even said, "We, I need you. Like, I need you in my life and we want to help you. Even though her husband clearly did not ask her if it was okay for them to pay or help her help his mother get a home. She still handled it lovely and, and lovingly. And that to me is really beautiful and says a lot about who she is as a person. You know, she didn't lash out. Even Even when she was mad at him, she didn't lash out. She just, of course, she raised her voice a little, but it was still nothing bad. Um, but I really was happy that they, that they're, this is something that they're working through. And Jay apologized. He kept saying, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry. I, I wish I could have did things differently, but I didn't. And I'm sorry for that. And I'll do whatever you need to do so that we can help you heal through this process. And that's, that's essentially it. I do feel like he probably should have said, you know, he he kept saying, I'm sorry, but I think he should have been a little more specific and said what he was sorry for. He should have said, I'm sorry for not allowing you to do the things you would have liked to do financially for your mother when she was alive and now wanting to do those same things for my mother. I apologize to you for that. Instead of just saying, I'm sorry, even though we knew that's what he was sorry for. I, I'm just I think it's it's it speaks volumes when you actually own up to what you did and you say it and you state it simply. And so I think they're going to be fine. They're working through it. Clearly, they went. To, he, he said, let's go take a walk. And that was really sweet. And he kissed her and her forehead and hugged her. And and they're a really good couple. And, I, and I'm so excited to see what happens with them. And they're still one of my favorite couples. Shout out to the Hayslips. Hey, love you guys. All right, let's get into um, some predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Okay, so we see in the promo for next week that guess who returns? Bishop McClendon. This will be episode two and a half, three that he's been in this entire season. Um, but I'm glad he's coming back. But we see that there might be a little issue with, between him and Dietrich. Because, of course, you know, they, they've never really gotten along. And then, of course, Dietrich 
greets the man and says, doesn't even go, hello. He says, hello, why you ain't been to no meetings? Wow. All right. Way to just jump in there, Dietrich. So I think there's going to be a lot of tension with them. But I think this time, I think Bishop McClendon has learned how to handle stuff on TV instead of just walk out and be like, I'm not going to do this. So I think he, he'll probably handle it a little better in next week's episode. Um, we also see that Loretta is mad at the first ladies because she's been, she's a workhorse. She's been doing all the work for this, uh, summit that they're doing or, or the meeting that they're doing for the community. And she just feels like the women should have helped more, which I have to agree with her because it seems like Loretta, I mean, yeah, the child got problems, but at least she's always doing some work. The girl stays busy. She owns a business. She does stuff for Bishop. Jones. I mean, she does a lot. So I can see why she would be a little mad. Like, hey, I'm doing a lot of labor here. None of you ladies did. I'm a little salty. Um, and then, of course, we see that Maisha has a performance and her music doesn't work. And it seems like she has a breakdown as she kind of goes insane and cries. She's, it seemed like she was crying a lot. Maisha, it's not that serious. You know what I mean? It's not that serious. Let's calm that down. So let's see what happens next week. I'm so excited. Make sure you post your comments of what you think will happen on next week's episode as well. And let me know what you think about this week's episode. And also, don't forget to pray for our other co-hosts who could not make it today. Let's look at them. All right. All right. Until next week, I am Megan Thomas. You can always find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Meg Scoop, like scoop of ice cream. Love you guys. See you next week. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later with no co-host. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.